0: Welcome to Books with Bagby, a podcast about books. In this podcast, I sit down with authors discussing the reason behind certain books that they've written, or we just sit and talk about education, music, technology, or something of the like. If you find this podcast to be your cup of tea, make sure you like, subscribe, and all the things. And share it with your friends, because solos are for grain, not education. And now, Books with Bagby. Welcome to this episode of Books with Bagby. Today, I'm with Tisha Richmond, and we're talking about Make Learning Magical, her amazing book on <laughs> doing, the, doing the right things for kids. Actually, I guess she doesn't really have a subtitle, but she can talk about that later. Um, for those of you who don't know, and you need to find out, you need to look her up immediately. Uh, Tisha, she's a student engagement and professional development specialist in a district in Oregon. Tisha, welcome to Books with Bagby. <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, I am so glad to finally get you on this show. Uh, yes, I know we've we connected like before summer break and then things happen and then now it's long after summer break if you're listening to this several months later. and now we're on the show and we're gonna talk about your book.
1: That's awesome. I've been looking forward to it. I'm glad we finally were able to make it happen.
0: Me too. So first question I always ask everybody, uh, what was your reason behind uh, for writing this book? Why? Why, why, why?
1: (laughs) Well, I, in about 2014, was feeling really disenchanted with education. I was tired. I was stressed. I was frustrated and was really thinking about leaving the profession. But I was kind of, I don't know, felt a little bit stuck. Um, I had been in it for so long and I didn't really know what else I would do. And it just happened to be that year that through Carl Perkins funding and through this other grant that I received, I was able to bring iPads into my classroom. And I was a culinary arts teacher. I was a culinary arts teacher in career and technical education for a lot of years. And we didn't have one-to-one devices in our district at that time. And so I was the first teacher in our school really to have one-to-one devices. And I was kind of, I I was kind of excited about bringing these iPads into the class, but I was more, I was more overwhelmed by it because I had no idea, like, what are these iPads going to do in a culinary classroom of all classrooms? And so I went to my very first ed tech conference. It was iPad Palooza in Austin, Texas. I had never been to anything like that before. I was a culinary teacher. So I was going to baking workshops and I was learning how to make mother sauces. Like those were the <laughs> professional development experiences that I was involved in. And so I went to this conference and I'm like, oh my goodness, like so many ways that we can bring in this technology into education. There's so many innovative ideas out there and things that I had never really even considered. and. I learned that there was this Twitter sphere where educators were like in chats about education. Like who knew? Like that was not something I ever had knew. I just didn't know about it. And so that really sparked this little like bit of excitement. Like, oh, there's there's something that I haven't tapped into yet and I want to learn more. And so from there, I just started getting connected on Twitter. I started trying some of these things that I learned at this conference. I started just... Uh, kind of, I don't know, disrupting. I was disrupting what I was doing in my classroom because I was dialed in. Like I've been teaching a while, uh, but I was just going through the motions, I think. And I really needed to disrupt things. And so I did that. I started to try things. I started to bring my students in on that adventure with me. And it was messy. I was like, definitely at points I, I was thinking, I just want to get rid of these iPads. Like this is really <laughs> everything. And things, I was feeling like a new teacher again. I was just um, out of my comfort zone for sure. But through that journey, through getting connected, meeting people, Um, really bringing these new ideas into my classroom, I started to discover that magic was happening, that uh, my joy for teaching was being restored, that my students were finding more joy in learning. And it was a beautiful thing. And the more magic that was getting created in my classroom, the more joy that was returning to me as an educator, the more I wanted to learn and to grow and connect with more educators and to share what was happening because it's contagious. When we we discover that, we just, we can't get enough of it. And so really that was the reason why I wanted to write this book. I was given an incredible opportunity by Dave Burgess Consulting Incorporated to write For them, And I wanted to share my story. I wanted to share my story of how I went from that burnout teacher that was ready to leave education to really finding my magic. And I really wanted to help other teachers know that they have that magic too. It's not going to look just like mine. My magic is not your magic is not someone else's magic, but we all have it. And when we discover it, we can really create this magical learning experience for our students and I was just so grateful to have that opportunity because I felt like gosh if I could just share my story and it resonates with one educator and it might change the trajectory for them and for the students that they serve like that is worth it to me.
0: Nice so um, the next question that I normally ask but is I guess it's going to be a little bit different for you I I would normally ask what deep lessons or ideas that you want the readers to walk away with, but uh, I'm guessing that was probably it, the whole discovering their magic.
1: Well, I I I don't know.
0: I I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, let me, first of all, explain kind of what magical stands for, because magical is actually an acronym.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I was going to say is, so culinary arts teacher writes a book. I don't cook. So why would I want this? But uh, yeah. as you get into the book, you realize, oh, wait, this isn't for culinary arts. This isn't just for culinary arts. This is something I could use in my, well, Social. you even pulled out social studies and science and stuff. So I'm sorry. I'll let you talk. <laughs> <You're awesome. laughs> let me put words in your mouth. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yes, it absolutely is a book that's written for everyone. Uh, it is a way that you can unlock that magic in your classroom. And so just kind of breaking down the magical acronym, M is for memorable beginnings. So how can we create those memories for students? How can we create um, those magic, magical beginnings, whether it's at the beginning of a semester or a year or the beginning of a lesson? How can we truly get to know the students that we serve? A is for authenticity and agency. So how can we create experiences for our students where we give them that choice, we give them that voice and allow them to demonstrate their learnings learning in ways that make sense to them. And how can we bring our authentic selves to the classroom and help our students um, feel safe and bring their authentic selves as well. G is for gamified experiences. And that was a huge part of my journey is really finding ways to transform what learning looked like and gamify my classroom. And I gamified it from beginning to end, beginning of the semester to the end of the semester. I layered a storyline over it and brought in these game mechanics to create this very gamified learning experience. And it really uh, created this environment where students were not just engaged, they were empowered and they were bond- they bonded as a classroom community more than they ever had before. I is for innovation and that is just how we as teachers can take risks, but how we also can model that and help our students take risks too, and really bring in that that innovation into the classroom environment. C is for creativity, curiosity, and collaboration. And those were big in my class. Like, how can we help our students tap into creativity? How can we provide opportunities for them to work together and to collaborate? How can we pique their curiosity and get them hungry and excited to learn? A is for authentic audience. And that was how I just brought in our community. I brought in our school. I brought in our district leaders and had them take part in the learning experience. And so my students would demonstrate their learning in front of an authentic audience of people from our community, from our school. And they had the opportunity to see our students shine. And they also had the opportunity to give my students feedback and for them to get that real relevant um, perspective and feedback from people um, outside of our classroom. And then L is for legacy and just how as teachers, we, we, it's just such an important role, right? We are leaving a legacy um, and we can help our students leave a legacy too. And so that is the seven keys to unlocking magical learning. And I really just talk about how um, I was able to unlock those keys, but then how any educator can unlock those keys for their journey as well.
0: Thank you for giving us those keys. Um uh- <laughs> Yeah, I, so when Weston Kirshenich was in, he, we were talking about his book, um, Educator's Atlas, and all the things. And um, yeah, of course, uh, I was gonna go over Atlas, but then I forgot. I messed up on the acronym. I was like, "What? Oh no!" So yeah, I don't do that anymore. It's on you if you're gonna say it. If you want it, you got to say it.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: And I love also, it. I I have to go back and just say, students were not just engaged; they were empowered. I love that.
1: It, it you just said made that. <laughs> all the, it did. It made all the difference, and I I think when my students would finish a unit, again, like every unit, I would bring in an authentic audience for them to demonstrate their learning, and it was so awesome to witness that, to witness these students demonstrating what they know. To see their confidence increase over the course of a semester, every time they demonstrated their learning, they got, they they just got more courageous. They articulated what they wanted to say a little bit better. They worked together as a team a little bit better, and they were so proud of what they had to share and what they knew. And to see kids truly owning their learning like that is amazing. And I and and for a long time. I would get a little nervous when I would invite people into my classroom because, you know, we want it to be perfect, right? We want it oh, to, of clean. course, we want it to all go perfectly and smooth. And, but it wasn't like it wasn't always perfect, not even close. And there were a lot of times where, you know, things didn't go totally as planned, but I wouldn't have ever traded it for anything because my students really had the opportunity to shine and they gained so much from those experiences and to just see again, the looks on their faces and how proud they were to be able to share maybe to a math teacher or an English teacher that they struggle in their, maybe their class, but then they saw this teacher was able to come into my class and see them using those math skills and those reading skills to demonstrate their knowledge and, and they were shining. And, and so those kids were so proud to show these other people that may, they maybe knew in other in other ways within our yes. district community. Uh, you know, it was just just to see them lot, allowed to shine. It was just an amazing, amazing thing. And um, it was powerful. Yeah. It was powerful for the students. It was powerful for me as an educator to take part in that.
0: Oh, yes. Well, you keep bringing up, um, you keep, (laughs) sorry about that. You keep bringing up this idea of empowering students and them being happy. And uh, you said it earlier, you kept saying the joy, the joy. I have a friend who, her middle name is Joy, Mm -hmm. Cynthia Joy something, Gaston. Sorry about that. Um, But she does this hashtag joy at school, a little play on words. And a lot of the things that I just want to say, oh, yeah, that's we need to call that joy at school uh, just because, yeah, we want our kids to be not only engaged in learning and doing all the things, but we want it to be joyful. We want it to be something that they love or they want to do or they like to do. Uh, so it just reminded me of that, all of your joy, your excitement and your all the things. Um, so. Next question for you, what was your greatest challenge in writing this book and how did you overcome it?
1: I think I got stuck on how to lay out what I wanted to share. Um, I wasn't sure like what kind of format, how my, um, how, how I wanted to share my story. Like, I just wasn't sure at first what that was going to look like. And so I think once I really started to figure out the main pieces that I wanted to share about and really kind of figured out what that frame was going to be, then it started to fall into place. But I definitely had periods of time throughout the writing process. I think I signed my contract in September. I submitted my manuscript in March. There were definitely stretches in that year where nothing was coming. Like I was just at a standstill. And I remember my, my parents live in the Valley and they were going to be gone for a weekend. And I think I was already going to go and like, you know, take out the trash and, and water plants, whatever. And I asked them if I could just stay there for the weekend and just write. And of course they said, yeah, totally. And I remember being there that weekend and just focusing in and just really without any distractions, without like my own laundry to do at home or all the things that I needed to do just to really be able to concentrate and and think about what I wanted um, to say. And I, I got a lot done just in that weekend because I just needed the time and the space and the bandwidth to be able to, to think through what I wanted to Mm -hmm. and my story and and so there was definitely those ebbs and flows within that year of writing where things flowed and then things stopped (laughs) (laughs) so it just you know and there's not really any rhyme or reason for it it just happened that way um and but you know it happened I was able to make it happen and so I'm I'm so grateful that I was able to
0: and we are too (laughs) so Tisha um That's probably my, well, that one, almost, that question and the fifth question that we'll get to, but that one's my, one of my favorites, just because hearing the different struggles that these authors or you all have had and how you all have overcome them, uh, of course, one guy says, well, yeah, I write the whole book in my head. And then when I get ready, I just put it all down on paper. So I'll have it ready in a couple of months. Or the other person, well, I pull in a bunch of blogs that I've already written. And then I make them into a section and then put them into a book. And there's things I've already written. And then, yeah, it just, it's so different with each writer. And that just, I guess that's why I started the podcast because I wanted to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is fascinating to hear everybody else's approach, you know, to the writing process and you know the different struggles because we are all so different and it's you know it's a different journey for each of us for sure.
0: Yes, and and several of the folks that uh have read with Babe Burgess Consulting Incorporated, as you called them, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> They had their different stories as to how it happened. And it's just <laughs> neat to hear. Um, so sorry about that, Tisha. <laughs>
1: you It's so funny. You're
0: funny. <laughs> so do you Thank you. I guess, maybe. <laughs> so, it's
1: good. it's
0: oh, good to laugh. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> good to laugh. So do you have any more publications on the horizon? Don't laugh. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> You know, I always think about things that I want to write or may write in the future. No, you know, no contract signed. Um, but, you know, I always. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's ahead? Where my journey will take me? <laughs>
0: yes, there is that. Who knows? So if you're out there listening and you need a book from Tisha, I think she needs a contract. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so now that we've talked about your book, what is your EDU passion, your ed passion? What is your soapbox talk? What is that thing that you want to go and shout from the mountaintop? That just reminded me. (laughs) My wife. Um, this is a little aside, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this because it's kind of cool. Uh, as of right now, my wife is halfway on her trip climbing to the base camp of Mount Everest. And yeah so that's the mountaintop she's gonna be shouting for uh, in a couple of days but anyway so yeah that's yeah amazing. yeah Whoa. so cool. Sorry, that just popped no, in my head that... when I said shout for the mountaintop so I was like oh yeah she's gonna be a mountaintop like that the is... top mountain
1: <laughs> that is so cool amazing amazing uh, so I am really um, passionate about bringing joy into teaching and learning. And Aww. it's funny that you, it really is. And you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned the joy earlier because I was doing this, I don't know, I was searching for something um, on the internet the other day. And I i was trying to find the meaning of something. And I ran across the meaning of Tisha. And guess what the meaning of Tisha is?
0: Joy. joy? Oh like, my how could goodness!
1: I not Know that, like I had, yes. I didn't know, and I just discovered that, and I was like, "That's weird."
0: Wow, That's so
1: weird. So, uh, I really love helping i helping teachers find their magic, and helping them find that joy, and discover ways to bring that joy into learning for students. And I'm really grateful right now because in my district role. I am getting to do just that. I'm getting to work with teachers at one of our elementary schools. And I I just, in fact, right before I met you tonight, I met with five different teachers to have dream sessions. And in this dream session, I am literally asking them questions to help tap into, their joy and i'm going through this joy compass i'm helping them dream i'm helping them create action steps and find ways that i can support them in in bringing that joy into their into their learning environment and i absolutely love it because i'm just able to really first of all get to know the teacher and um, develop relationships with them but really be able to find out the things that meet them where they're at, like really meet them where they're at and get to know them so that I can help them accomplish those dreams that they want for their classroom. And I am so excited for the year. I've met probably with 10-ish, 10 to 12-ish teachers so far, and I still have um, quite a few more to go. I'm hoping to get all of our dream sessions in by the end of September, and then I get to just spend time in their classrooms and meet with them to like talk through the action steps and really um help them um tap in to into that joy and learning and it's been it's just fun, and I'm just grateful again for the opportunity to do that because. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, but during COVID I had, was not in classrooms. I was not getting to be in schools very much. Mm-hmm. And so just to be able to be back in classrooms again, working with teachers, getting to see students um, learn and, and help them make learning fun and joyful. Like it, it's just a, an amazing thing. So that learn is sessions that it's it's pretty it's pretty dreamy
0: yeah <laughs> I so love I, it. i've love never it. heard of that before dream sessions um I, I gotta get a book and do a deeper dive did you write a book on that
1: no but oh, that might okay. maybe that'll be my next book it's it's not a it's, <laughs> it's a tisha it's a Tishaism. ism i <laughs> dream session is just something i dreamed up because i thought that's way funner right to call it a dream session than to a tisha meeting like i don't i i didn't want to just have like a boring name for it like i wanted people to be like yeah i want to meet with tisha i want to dream
0: yeah that's great yeah well hats off to you And, and you start started talking about meeting them where they are where they are at and uh my daughter's I guess he was the head of school at the time. He used to say this phrase and I stole it uh, and I'll give him full credit, but I still stole it from him. Um, <laughs> Cause I use it all the time. And, and when I work with teachers, I always talk about trying to meet them at their point of need mm-hmm. and then taking them to their potential. And mm-hmm. yes, I did steal that from Chad Dirksy, but uh, along with their point of need, figuring out where they are, but, also, finding entry points because I had some teachers yeah. that were really reluctant to use tech, and I had to figure out ways to find entry points. And then there, this was pre-pandemic, and now post-pandemic, not really post, whatever we are pandemic. Right <laughs> in school, still getting sick, and some people going home. Uh, these entry points are different than what they were prior because yes, they know how to use some of the tech, but they're are teachers that are very reluctant to use the tech, But if they had a dream session with Tisha, I'm just saying that they, <laughs> they'd figure it out.
1: Well, you're, I mean, and it's so true. Like sometimes there's just little obstacles that are in the way that if we could just help them remove those obstacles. So like, for instance, I was meeting with a teacher and this teacher did not have a screen And so the projector was like projecting on a whiteboard, but the white, the projector wasn't tilted in a way where it was projecting on the whiteboard. Like it was projecting like partly on the wall, part on the whiteboard. So they couldn't see the image. And I'm like, we can fix this. Like, (laughs) and that was the obstacle to not wanting to try new things in the classroom was because of the projector. Right. And so wow. some <laughs> little things like that, that we can just help remove those barriers and mm-hmm. then really be able to, um, to get them moving, you know, on their journey and, and introduce some, some new things. And that's, that was just one teacher's scenario, but it's really fascinating to really just sit down with a teacher and talk to them. Like what, what are, you know, like one of my questions is what threatens your joy? You know, how do you know when students, when students are finding joy in learning and then ending with what, what is your dream learning environment look like? And just to have st- teachers think about that for a minute, like what does your dream environment learning, uh, dream learning environment look like? And then like, let's talk about how we can get there. Like what, what are some of those things that that we can do together. And, uh, it's been, it's been really cool, really powerful. And I'm excited to, it's just as excited as to be on that journey with them.
0: Yeah, that's great. That sounds fantastic. So Tisha, we're at the end of the show. Uh, how can people connect with you? Uh, I think you're on Twitter because you talked about Twitter. I think there may be some blog stuff as well. And What do you got? How can they (laughs) connect?
1: (laughs) Yes. I would love for you to connect with me and you can find me at Tish Rich, T-I-S-H-R-I-C-H on Twitter. You can find me at Tish Richmond on Instagram. You can find my blog and some resources on Tisha Richmond.com. I do have a podcast, but it's Not any new. My last episode was in the spring. So I got to get moving on my podcast. But you can find that on all the podcast channels. It's called Make Learning Magical. And yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: That's fantastic. We will find you or (laughs) they will find you. I have found you because you're here.
1: (laughs) That is uh, true. (laughs) Well,
0: Thank you for joining me this evening, afternoon, whatever it is. Um, I appreciate the time that you took out of your day to sit down and talk about um, making learning, make learning magical, not making, sorry, <laughs> please forgive me. But oh, I uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you for taking your time out. And as always, I close with, if you're in the classroom or the kitchen, wherever you happen to be while working with others, make sure you ask good questions, answer the ones you can, make someone feel special and be great because you are great. Thank you for a wonderful day. Thank you
1: so much, Greg. It's been awesome.